Hello again, everyone, and welcome in to another edition of the Prep Extra Podcast, brought to you by the Lincoln Journal Star. It is finally here. District basketball is right here, right now. It's actually going on right now as we speak. As always, I'm your host, Jeff Extra, alongside Luke Mullen. And joining us today, Luke, we've talked about for a while, a while our fearless leader, sports editor, Clark Grell, in the studio with us. Clark, how's it going? It's going great, guys. Thanks for having me. Uh, you've done a great job without me here, so I feel like there's pressure on me to, you know, not lower the value of this show <laughs> by being on here with you guys because you've done a good job without me. Well, we appreciate the kind words, and you're going to bring your own expert analysis with us on the girl side specifically. This is a packed show, by the way, recapping what happened the last week of the regular season. State wrestling happened over the weekend. And then, of course, like we mentioned, we got a jam-packed schedule full of districts, Luke. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's kind of interesting. I'm sure all of you at home listening to this, some of the, you know, results will have come in a little bit. So we've got to kind of put our thinking cap on and (laughs) project out a little bit but it's just it's just crazy to see you know you've got girls district finals a and b uh districts going on right now boys starting up the district schedule too so there's a lot going on you know there's a lot of traveling people all over so you know throw on the pod in your car you know give it a whack and and see if we got it right or not well, gentlemen, I think it's time we just hop right into it. We're going to start, as always, girls in Class A, recapping the final weekend of the regular season. And again, probably one of the hottest teams in the state right now, and that is Lincoln High. Clark, you have rated them all the way up to number two. They defeat Gretna 51-38 to close out the regular season. Ten-game winning streak to close out the season. Yeah, and that, that, that was not an easy matchup for them. Gretna, Gretna's a tough team. Gretna, they like to slow it down. They're really strong defensively, very well coached. So that was a good, um, you know, that could have always been a trap game when you look at things, especially going in the districts. But uh, they did it, yeah, Lincoln, Lincoln High. They just keep building uh, more confidence, and uh, it's been fun to watch. I mean, that Lincoln Southwest game uh, a little over a week ago, you could just sense it that second half. They just really took a, took over and, um, you, you just see a bunch of players that are just, they're not afraid to shoot, and they play really, really good defense, and, and Dominique Kelly's done a, a, an excellent job getting them into the spot that they are. So, yeah, they're, they're playing as well as anybody right now going into district play. Let's say we were talking, me and Luke, over the course of the season, we talked about can Lincoln High cross that threshold to put themselves in that top three, top four conversation of Class A. They certainly have done it, and it makes – the possible semifinal matchups um, of the Class A state tournament even more enticing. Yeah, and that's, I mean, I <laughs> I, 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 I always go back to saying that I, I still think there's a big three. I still think it's it's Millard South, Fremont, and um, Omaha Central, but definitely you can't count out Lincoln High. I, I, that they, it's, it's, it's a big four for sure, um, and they they obviously have beaten Fremont. They, they hung with Millard South really well. Uh, they didn't play Omaha Central, but yeah, those are the four teams that everyone's going to be kind of gunning for in a, um, about a couple weeks, assuming all four get to, to uh, Pinnacle Bank Arena. Class B districts and stuff are going on right at the moment, so we'll talk about that a little later. Go down to C1. Number three seed, Ferrari beats Fall City and Auburn to make it into the district finals there in Class C. And then in the city, Lincoln Lutheran defeats rival Lincoln Christian and Malcolm. Impressive run there, but that's a tough sub-district. Lutheran Christian, Malcolm, I mean, man, that's a tough one. Well, and Milford was in that sub, too, and they, yeah. they actually, um, Milford actually got a district um, 
birth by getting in one of the wild cards. So, so yeah, that was really tough. I mean, that that gave um, all three of those teams under district finals, uh, Lincoln, Lutheran, Malcolm, and Milford, a chance to kind of get a nice postseason feel um, in, in the sub round. Um, but yeah, Lincoln, Lutheran, they've had a knack lately for <laughs> playing close, maybe sluggish in the first half, and then turning it on in the second half, and that's exactly what they did against Malcolm. I think it was actually pretty close at halftime, and then and then they just turned it on, and I think same with um, maybe not necessarily Christian, but one of the games at the end of the season, they, they just they just really turned it on, so they're, they're, they're doing it with defense. Um, they're definitely one of the favorites in C1. Um, I, I think they get they get Fairbury, I'm pretty sure, on, yep. on, on Friday night, and so um, you know, one more win for them, and they're they're back at state for a second straight year. And then speaking, still sticking in C one, you got Wahoo as a contender. They grind out a win over Bishop Newman. Yeah, I was at that game. That was that was, <laughs> I think it was four three after the first quarter. You could tell right away that it was going to be one of those nights <laughs> where it was going to be uh, defense, and whoever got the twenty five twenty eight was probably going to win first, and it was Wahoo. Um, but credit to them. I mean, their defense they're so athletic i mean you know luke knows covering volleyball for a while that wahoo's super athletic super long some of those girls that play volleyball play basketball and it shows on the basketball court too they're they are definitely one of the better defensive teams in c1 and um they need it that night because their offense wasn't wasn't working finding ways to win that's what makes champions right there and in c2 pender defeats oakland craig 46 39 and then in a possible state tournament preview ponka beats Crofton 52-41 and Crofton yeah Crofton's been in that C2 scene the past few years yep the defending state champion they actually that was a rematch of last year's state final um and I think Ponca those two teams played each other in the regular season two and I think the result was the other way around where Crofton won so they're one and one against each other they're definitely both teams are going to be in the mix again this year I, I I think C2 is probably the most um Un, I mean, stack class of all the six. I mean, I, I think you can go through the six classes and four or five of them. There's a, a well-defined three or four teams that you can say, okay, C2, I think there are six teams. And I, I wouldn't even count out Oakland Craig. Um, I, I'm including them in this too that um, can win it all. Uh, St. Celia, uh, Bridgeport, Guardian Angels, um, Ponca Crofton, and then Oakland Craig. So... C2 is going to be – I'm really looking forward. I mean, looking forward to all of them, but that one is, is going to be really fun to watch. And for, and then you can't count out Pender. I mean, they just knocked off uh, Oakland Craig, which is a, a matchup of two uh, East Husker Conference teams. So a lot of great teams in that conference, and they, they kind of beaten up on each other a little bit, but it's going to prepare them for the long run here. Going to be a fun finish with districts. And now jumping into the Class A in the boys, uh, breaking down just the Class A had the main news this week. And Gretna continues to play with our heartstrings, gentlemen. They One week they drop one they shouldn't, and then the next week they pull off a huge upset. And this time around, it was the ultimate upset. Gretna defeating number one Omaha Westside 51-45. Think Gretna wanted to win that one? Yeah. <laughs> Packed house. I know it was, uh, if you weren't there, probably half hour before tip, you weren't getting in. And I think, you know, for Westside, that's a that's a tough one to drop right before districts. I mean, in the long run, will it have that much consequence to it? Probably not. You know, they were without one of their starting guards as well. But a 45-point effort, I mean, that's a team that's been scoring 70-80 pretty consistently over the course of the whole season. So that Gretna defense, that's one of their strengths. And they can get it done against the number one team 
you know, it just really goes to show some of that momentum that they're picking up going into the districts and potentially state. And yeah, Luke, you talk about that a big loss because one, West Side turned out to be the three three overall seed. Yeah. So and that loss also meant they didn't get a tier one win. If they win that game, that's a tier one win. Does that change the outcome of whether they're three or two? Maybe. I'm not entirely sure. But that's something to put in perspective of how that loss might haunt them a little bit if they don't make it out of their district. And, I mean, when you just consider the really long winning streak, I mean, they yeah. lost the second game of the season, and they hadn't lost since. So maybe, you know, if you look at it in that way, maybe it's a positive to show, you know, how fine these margins are in, in postseason basketball that – you know, over the course of the regular season, you know, you can let some of those mistakes go. You know, they, they tend to balance out. But in a one-off game, that can definitely haunt you. Yeah. And then uh, also in that top 16, Creighton Prep drops both games, the number three Miller North and number five Omaha Central. But they were decently close. The Miller North loss was 60-57, to and then Omaha Central loss was 57-51. And in particular, that Miller North game, the Mustangs were really in danger of losing that one. Uh, Omaha commit Luke Jungers. He dropped a 30 bomb on him, uh, half the team scoring. So just a, a dominant performance, really impressive in the mid-range game. And that was a real challenge for Miller North. And then same thing against Central, a little bit lower scoring, you know, kind of in the 50 to 60 range. And to me, you know, just both of those results, coupled with the Gretna game, it, it just shows how close kind of that entire top six of Class A was. Uh, put, a, put together a column a little bit to put that in depth, but... You know, there are those favorites at the top of Class A. Westside was there. They really emerged, obviously, uh, Miller North and Bell West, as always. But, you know, can't count out Gretna, Prep, and, and Central just right there with them in terms oh. of quality. It's going to be a fun Class A tournament when that comes around. We'll break down those districts in a little bit. But first, state wrestling happened over the weekend in Omaha. All three of us were in attendance at some capacity. All of us were there for the finals as well. Let's start in Class A, and of course, Miller South, like it was expected at the beginning of the year, rolls to a state title as a team. They did get four state champions, including Joel Adams and Husker Commit Antrell Taylor. But in terms of the city, Lincoln East finishes in second. They had Gabe Turman as a state champ at 120 pounds and Keith Smith at 132. But more impressively, they had their kind of own murderer's row, five wrestlers in the finals, all of them in a row, I believe, starting from 113 all the way to, help me here, is it 145? 145 with, okay, uh, yeah. with uh, the Sherlock, uh, Weston Sherlock at 145. Yeah. So, yeah, just five guys right in a row. I remember sitting next to our other writer, Brent Wagner. I'm like, Brent, you ready for this just onslaught of Lincoln East wrestlers here, five in a row? He's like, as I'll ever be. And, that was, and they did good, considering the opponents. Yeah, that was, um, I don't know how often that happens at a, at a state finals where, four or five, you know, five straight matches in a row, one school, you know, like has a representative in, um, in, in the final. I mean, that was pretty cool to watch. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and obviously some of those guys had some really, really tough matches. Um, you know, Brandon Boster, who won a state title at 113 last year, he moved up to two weight classes and he kind of struggled with it a little bit. In fact, he, he told me, um, after he won his semifinal match on Friday, that he he actually weighed in at 122. Mm. Um, so he was wrestling, uh, he's wrestling guys that are you know a few pounds heavier than him, and 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 then he had to take on the the Bice kid from Columbus, who's one of the better wrestlers in the state, and he he really he lost to him twice during the regular season. Bice got him again at state, but it was really it was a lot closer at state, I think. I think, and so even you know someone like that, and then um, you know I can't. Uh, Garrett Grice got one of the East guys, so obviously 
whoever I, I think that was Tolene. I mean, you're, you're taking on one of the greatest wrestlers in, in recent memory. Yeah. I mean, that was going to be tough. So, but yeah, seeing all five in the finals, that was pretty. That was a pretty neat scene from a from a day filled with many great scenes. Yeah. And of course, Clark, like you just mentioned, Bellevue East, Garrett Grice becomes a four-time state champion, 35th wrestler to accomplish that feat. Pretty impressive. Wasn't really touched this season at all, and he wasn't expected to be touched like that. He's headed to Virginia after an illustrious career at Bellevue East. And then you throw in freshman Tyson Terry from Omaha North, wins gold in the heavyweight class. I believe the first ever Class A heavyweight uh, as a freshman to win it not the first ever freshman to win heavyweight in general yeah i think second in in state history there at at heavyweight and i think definitely moment of the state tournament just seeing the whole arena you know go to its feet give a standing ovation to to grice was a really special moment and when he got to you know kind of speak from his heart too about how much wrestling's meant to him in some tough moments you know it's it was just clear how much you know the sport and grice kind of went hand in hand uh, really kind of defined the state tournament as as probably the best wrestler we got to see. Yeah. In Class B, Clark, we'll turn it over to you since you covered that on Saturday. Bennington wins the team title. They kind of roll with that. And K.R. Lauritsen could be the next four-time champion. He won his third on Saturday. Yeah, he's, um, I mean, obviously Grice, but Kale's probably one of. I mean, he's one of the better pound for pound wrestlers, not just in the state, in the in the in the um, in the region, in the country. I mean, I think he's ranked. I'm not positive on the publication, but I think he's fourth by a, by a, in his recruit at his weight class and his recruit um, by a publication. So he's, you know, he's going to be wrestling at a big time college. And he he told me after the match. I mean, he his plan is he he's always thought about going after four. He, you know, as a little kid. He, you know, if you if you grow up watching Nebraska wrestling, you think of going for four state titles, right? Um, and, but he wants to win national titles, and so that's that's the kind of goals this kid is uh, has in his mind. That's pretty crazy to think about. But uh, you know, he's wrestling. He, he wrestles in the Pan Am Games. He's he he wrestles on the big stage a lot. So I I don't think the state the state stage rattles him at all. And and yeah, so next year I think he's the only one going for four next year. Yeah. Um. But uh, it, it's it. I mean. It's going to be pretty hard to knock him off. Yeah. And then Trevor Brown for Waverly gets his heavyweight title as well. Yeah, that's a cool story. He, you know, he's going to go play football at North Dakota State. Um, you know, he, he, his sophomore year, he didn't go out for wrestling at all because he had a torn pec and a torn meniscus at the same time. So, um, and so he, he didn't, he was sidelined the whole year. And I, I think that, that bothered him a little bit, and so he came back last year. wasn't in the best of shape, but good enough shape. And then he finally got in really good shape at the end of the year. And then this year, he was in great shape the whole year. I, I so he, he dominated. I mean, uh, he, the kid from he beat from Aurora the other day. He, you know, the Aurora kid hung with him pretty well, but he was, you know, Trevor was clearly the better wrestler. And and I think, I mean, pound for pound, probably one of the better wrestlers in in the state. I would, you know, so even though he's in B. Yeah, wow. Jeff and I were discussing this, and we were we were saying how fun would it be to have like a wrestle off of like the state champions from all the different classes. Yeah. I mean, obviously, a lot of the time it would go to A, but when you get a guy like Brown there in B, I mean, he's he, he might have been the best heavyweight in the whole state, which that would be really cool just to to see something like that, more of a a thought than a reality, yeah. but. Yeah, what, what about a Brown Tyson Terry? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's say uh, we devise this in the car on the way back from mm-hmm. Omaha. We take the four champs, we do round robin, and so that would determine the seeding. Then it's just single elimination, regular bracket with four people. It'd be a lot of fun because 
there are really good um, wrestlers in the lower classes that you know they don't you don't really have anything to compare them to because they're wrestling you know sometimes there's some crossover with a b obviously and then c and b but yeah you, you, you have no idea like a cameron graham from cross county who went unbeaten at um 160 pounds in class c i mean i mean I, it'd be interesting to see i i, I don't know if he, he would beat it you know those class a guys but it'd be interesting I'd, I'd like to see him yeah. get a shot that'd be pretty fun to see or like coons from central city yeah just guys like that and speaking of that Speaking about Class C, Aquinas does come up with a state championship, uh, defeating Central City, who beat them out for the team title the year before. Um, and pretty cool. And speaking of Coons, that was a pretty cool Coons, I believe. And he trailing his opponent, Jacob Cavan, 5-1, to one, and in the third period comes up with a pin to win the st- second straight state title. Clark, you're sitting right next to me when that happened. We're, like, discussing, oh, wow, Cavan's going to come back and beat him after losing him the year <laughs> yeah. before. And it's like, nope, pin right there. That was one of the matches of the day, yeah. wasn't it? I mean, that that was, and that's what makes the state wrestling tournament such a great, great um, event, especially in the finals. Is I mean, in a snap, you you know, a result could just change like that, and and it just you know the, the emotions. Yeah. I mean, you know, Kavan has Kavan's thinking he's got you know, or he's he's in position to think he's got it right, and then next thing you know, he's pinned, he's down, Coons and coach garfield are going crazy i mean the crowd is going crazy you know i mean it's just that th- th- you don't really get that with any other state event no and then in class d sutherland wins the state title historic year for them qualified 11 i believe they placed seven including three state champions and then plainview relishes the environment after a tough year they have a couple of state champs including scout 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 ashburn who won his yep. third state title right mm-hmm so impressive there in Class D, but one of the bigger storylines, of course, was the first uh, girls wrestling state championship to coincide with the boys. Luke, you had that coverage for us on Saturday. South Sioux City takes home the team title, but a bunch of cool storylines throughout the entire day. Absolutely, and I think, you know, some nerves definitely from some of the maybe freshman wrestlers who hadn't, you know, gotten the chance to compete at the the unsanctioned state title last year. Uh, but for some of those veteran wrestlers then, it was kind of like, oh, you know, I, I've wrestled for state titles before, you know, especially, you know, the likes of Reagan Rossiter from Westside, who's competed mm. at national tournaments, yeah. you know, in front of huge arenas like that. So I think it was just a, a fantastic, you know, job by NSAA to put the girls first, you know, kind of intersperse it between some of those boys' rounds. I uh, really just kind of kept the you know, the day rolling and, you know, had had those girls have their moments too just mixed in there and, you know, seeing them wrestle in front of, you know, ten, twelve thousand, the the highly attended CHI Health Center, I mean, it just goes to show I think that the participation's gonna keep increasing, mm-hmm. uh, that the interest is there. And to me it was it was just great to see a bunch of freshmen, you know, wrestling in the finals, winning state titles too, because that stuff's gonna continue. You know, you get those freshmen you know, becoming juniors and recruiting the other freshmen, you know, who come into their high schools, uh, just really cool. And I think all the all the girls wrestlers too really kind of had a, a feeling of camaraderie, friendship. You know, you, you do get that at, at state wrestling regardless. But, you know, when you are kind of those pioneers, the, the first year to wrestle at the, the state championships, it's a lifelong memory, uh, you know, some of those lifelong friendships for sure. Yeah, and I thought the NSA organized it well. 
Um, I was curious about how they would throw that in there, whether they would do five mats or whatnot. But they just had it where they had four girls state championships matches going on at the same time. Then they go back to the regular with boys, four classes, four matches for each weight class. And I, I mean, what are your guys' thoughts on that? I thought it was organized pretty well in terms of how they handled it. Yeah, the finals, I, I, I liked it. I liked that, um, you know, it wasn't three boys matches and then a girls match. You know, I, I, I thought it just it, it, it gave the spotlight to the girls yeah. a little bit more. Um you know, you had you kind of had to keep track of like, okay, which weight class was that one? Because yeah. uh, you know, whereas boys, it's one weight class. And but I, I I really liked it. My the only thing I would say is, and you guys weren't there. Um, the Friday night was the semifinals. They had ten mats out, and every year they always have A, B, C, D. The semifinals in the middle, and then the consolation on the mm, outside yeah. mats. Uh, this year they did that too, but they. Uh, instead of eight mats, they had ten, and they had the girls' semifinals clear at the end. Uh, you know, not clear at the end, but like the mats at the end. I, I would have liked to seen the girls' semifinals like smack in the middle, yeah. especially it being the first year. And you still would have had the A, B, and and maybe there were some logistics that, that that prevented that from happening. So I don't, you know, I don't want to take away from what the NSA because it's such a great, great event. They did a great job with it, but uh, I, I definitely I liked the I did like the. Um, the how they did it on Saturday, especially I, I think if I remember right, the girls went first, right? Yeah, did they, they did. do a first round. Yeah, yeah. Th- I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah, and you know, just having having to intersperse the weight classes was interesting too, because you did have several wrestlers, you know, from the same school. So, you know, they they had to do that logistically because mm-hmm. you wouldn't want you know coaches running over for for the state championship matches. So that was really cool, and I think. For me, the best thing was to see kind of that elite tier of, of girls wrestlers, you know, especially there, even in the finals, he had some quick pins, Reagan Rossiter from Westside, I mentioned, uh, Galloway from Amherst and Claire Pash from West Point Beamer, 14 second pin. Yeah, I was wondering where, who, who, did, who had the 14 second one. Yeah, that was Pash and she just came out pinned and you know, that, that was it. <laughs> and I asked her afterwards, I'm like, have you ever had a match that quick? And she's like, no, definitely not. <laughs> so that that was definitely you know one of those highlights. She'll she'll never forget that moment. What What's interesting is, um, what what will be interesting to see now is like this year more than seven hundred girls went out for wrestling, uh, which is an incredible number. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see what that number is next year. Nebraska is a thirty third state to implement girls wrestling and surely has found its success, and it was business as normal. Great storylines, just great. Yeah. Great stuff happening at state wrestling. It's always a fun time, and another one has been completed. Because I know that just state wrestling in general is just hard to organize and just is such a big event with yeah. so many people involved. I think it's just like it's on the same scale as state track, I would say, in terms of that scale of things. So You get, you get a lot in a three-day period. That's yeah, for they, sure. they jam, hack it in. Yeah. <laughs> well, that does it for state wrestling, and we move that into now – district basketball sub-district and district basketball which is its own cluster of things on its own and guys let's let's talk about it we'll go into girls first in class b sub-districts are finishing up as of this moment and i don't know it's weird i don't love it in terms of what some of these sub-districts line you up with because it is location-based correct the, the subs are yeah yeah which i mean it is fun it is fun but also like in this situation where we have number one Omascut against number two Elkhorn North, I don't want that to happen in sub districts. Can we just can we wait? Can we can we can we wait? I, it, I don't know. It does. It does. I agree with you. Uh, it does give us something because those are tonight uh, or Wednesday night. So um, 
you know, after, but it, it does give us something to look forward to because that that's one of the better games of the year, right there. Yeah. I mean, that that's 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 definitely one we'll be watching for sure tonight. But uh, you know, and for for Scott, Scott won the regular season meeting, so here's a chance for them to show that you know, hey, we can do it again. And then for Elkhorn North, I, you know, they definitely want to avenge that. But at the same time, I mean, both are going to be. You know, yeah. they know where they're going to be on on Saturday. One's going to be the one seed. One's going to be the two seed. You know, and and um, they probably are expecting to see each other again in a couple weeks. So I don't know how much stock they put into yeah, to like, this to this game. Like, how much do you want to reveal about your game plan? Yeah. And you're going to play against them. This, I don't know. I wouldn't reveal much. Yeah, but maybe you know, Scott. I I it kind of depends. How much does that unbeaten record mean to them? Yeah. I mean, um, if you. You know, for them, if they and if they knocked off, if they knock off Elkhorn North again, I mean, I, I think, um, you know, they're now now they that they they go in as the favorite. If they lose, they're not the favorite. But I, I don't know. Maybe they don't want to be the favorite. I don't know. But yeah. I, they, I think you want to finish the season unbeaten if you yeah. can. And so I, I think they're going to give it all they can tonight to, yeah. to make it two in a row against the Wolves. Then a couple of good area uh, matchups as well. You have Norris and Waverly, and then York Beatrice. Yeah, York and Beatrice is interesting. Both had to, both were, I don't want to say heavy favorites in their first round games. Um, York against um, uh, Beatrice against Crete and York against Seward, but both of them were trailing in the second half of those games. So they both had to come back and win those games and kind of slug it out. And I, I think that's going to be the case here again. I mean, Beatrice likes to really play good defense and. Uh, York York has some good athletes, so I I think that's going to be a really good game. They haven't played each other. It, oddly enough, during the regular season, mm-hmm. and then uh, Norris Waverly, I think that's um, that might be round three. I'm not positive on that, but Norris playing really, really well right now. That they're, you know, the and and um, you know they did. I do remember covering the regular season game. That was a game where Waverly was up by double digits in the third quarter. Uh, Norris came back with a strong fourth quarter, but um, you know Norris has been. Um, been there and done that because you know they were in the state finals last year a lot of these girls have played state volleyball so they understand the environment they and you know and either way i think both teams are are in either way so not a you know not a winner winner go home situation but uh, you definitely want to be playing well going into the district round and then in c1 fairbury's magical run so far results in the number 16th seed in the district finals and they will take on number one lincoln lutheran and it's a tough draw but yep. lincoln lutheran is always an interesting team because they're really grinded out defensive oriented yeah i mean fairbury's gonna they're, they're gonna have trouble scoring against lutheran i mean that's just that's the way it is but lutheran sometimes lutheran goes into scoring droughts that keep keep other teams no. in it and and you know when that when Lutheran's always going to play great defensively, and if if they can get some runs, offensive runs going, they're 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 pro- they're going to be hard to beat for anybody. So, but yeah, I mean, Fairbury's going to have to find a way to keep that game uh, low scoring to have a chance. And then uh, other matchups include number five seed Wahoo taking on number twelve BRLD, and number eight Malcolm taking on number nine Syracuse. Malcolm Syracuse, I think, is the most intriguing game in the um c1 bracket not just because it's the eight nine so on paper that should be your most even matchup right well it, it kind of is and um malcolm if, if you I don't, you know if you guys remember last year malcolm undefeated going to the postseason they lose in sub district first round they still get the one seed because they just didn't you know they did so well in the, the regular season 
and then Winnebago shocks him. Oh. You know, that was one of the more incredible stories of the of the high school season last year was Winnebago going in, and Winnebago goes and wins a game at state. But Malcolm, you could just see. I mean, they they were crushed, and this is. I, I don't think they like to talk about it, but uh, <laughs> it, it's definitely something I think that's in the back of their minds. And, and, and um, you know, for Syracuse, you know, they, they got one of the top post players in Class C1 in Lily Vollerton. She's going to go play at Morningside. So, um, and that's a good post matchup. Uh, Emma Brown's a good post player for Malcolm. So, but it's a really good, interesting matchup because you got Syracuse with Lily Vollerton and some size against Malcolm. Malcolm's going to hit you with their guards. Yep. They, got, they play really good defense. Uh, Alyssa Fordick's one of the top point guards in the state in, in the lower classes. So that's a great matchup for not just um, on the court, but in kind of the storyline that's surrounding Malcolm going into this game and Syracuse too. They're trying to get back to state for the second straight year. For And this is, you know, Vollerton's a senior, so this is their best chance to, to, to try to get it to get back there. Yeah, that's that's the interesting thing for me too is Syracuse has been to state volleyball and girls oh. basketball several times in the last few seasons. Yeah. Malcolm's been so close in both sports, and they've they've mm-hmm. just missed out too. So that hunger's really got to be yeah, for the Clippers. Definitely, definitely. And then in C two, defending state champs Crofton, number four, taking on number thirteen Superior, number six Sutton, taking on number eleven Amherst, and number eight Oakland Craig against number nine Gordon Rushville for some intriguing matchups. Yeah, Crofton Superior. Crofton's gonna you know you look at the the seeds there as a four thirteen. You'd think you know Crofton should take care of business, but. You know, they're going to have to slow down Shayla Myers, uh, who, one of the better athletes in the state, who's going to go play volleyball at Ole Miss. And, you know, if she has a huge game, uh, that, that could be an interesting interesting game. And, and Superior likes to, you know, they got a couple good freshmen too. It'll be interesting to see how they handle that situation. Um, I think Sutton Amherst is one of the better, even one of the more even matchups in C2. Um, you know, Oakland Craig, Gordon Rushville. I, 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 Oakland Craig's got some really good players. Um, and, and they won the East Hut. I mean, they play in such a hard conference. Um, it, it's, you know, but, you know, yeah, I mean, that's going to be a tough game. You, you never know how those games are going to go against the teams from out, you know, panhandle yeah. out west because there's no common opponents. They don't play each other in the regular season. So uh, definitely an interesting, intriguing matchup there. And that's kind of all the big matchups there in the girls' side and then going to district finals and sub-districts on the boys and non-class A and B. Man, it's a big night, Omaha Scott. You have Omaha Scott, Oakland North on girls, and then you have number mm-hmm. one, number two, and boys Scott against Roncalli. Even though if Luke the Pass tells us anything, it won't be close. Yep, Scott. This is round three of that one. Yeah. Uh, once again, and I think it's interesting, Scott, because of how big these matchups are. Selling separate tickets, clearing the gym after the girls' yeah. game, because uh, both both are going to be sold out, packed crowds, but. You know, just to kind of throw it back about the B sub-districts to me is kind of interesting just because of how few teams – you get you get a few of these three-team sub-districts, mm-hmm. which to me is, is a little bit of a waste kind of because they've often seen the same teams, and it was Ralston in that uh, B dis- sub-district along with Scott and Ron Colley. Same conference, you know, play each other, conference tournament, regular season. Uh, so they're, they're very familiar, obviously, Scott and Ron Colley as we already mentioned, had two two games earlier this season. First one a battle, second one a little bit less so. And undefeated Scott team there as well, uh, really just looking so strong. The talent this year on that Scott team is incredible. So if you, if you want to watch some, some good basketball, if you can get in, you know, try to make your way down to Scott. And then 
in other Class B matchups are midseason MVP Connor Milliken and Platteview taking on Waverly, and then Bennington taking on Blair in some potential state tournament games. Yep, and that Platteview Waverly game is huge. I think maybe they might have met state tournament last year, if I remember right. Uh, but obviously Milliken, he's he's the guy there. You got to figure out how to to stop him. That'll be the challenge at state as well. If they if they can make it through the district schedule, uh, definitely you you have to put. I think odds in their favor when you got a guy of his caliber. And the other one to me, Bennington Blair is huge because Bennington just to me is probably the best of the bunch behind Scott and Roncalli. And, you know, they, they really need to kind of pick up some of these wins, pick up some steam going into state if they really want to challenge them. And Blair has kind of been on the edge of that state tournament contention. One of those teams who you think, you know, might be able to put a few games together and make it. So a big Bennington win, I think, would, would give them a lot of momentum and confidence versus Blair could shock them, you know, be one of those big games going into the district finals. Then in C1, Lincoln Christian defeated their rival, Lincoln Lutheran, last night to move on to a district final. And their reward is number one, Ashland Greenwood. Luke, you are at that game yesterday. Christian's in for a tough one. Yeah, very tough sub-district uh, in, in total. But I got to give a shout-out to seven-footer Easton Marshbanks. He's been kind of a hallmark of that Christian team over the last few years. I mean, pretty hard to miss him out there on the court, but he really, I think, played the the best game I've seen from him all year. And talking to him after the game, I was like, you know, you tired? You thinking about Ashland? He's like, no, 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 you know, I'm good. (laughs) We'll we'll go out there. We're excited to to get him. And so I think that'll that'll be a really interesting challenge for Ashland too, because that's that's a pretty guard heavy team, really likes to push the pace. Don't have a ton of guys, you know, taller than six five. So, you get a seven footer in the post really has to change the way that they play a lot. But, you know, Ashland's just been rolling all year. Yeah. Only a two point loss to Ron Colley earlier in the season, undefeated against C one teams. So, you know, I, I'm sure you gotta you gotta put the odds on them. But Christian, very good team. I expect that to you know maybe be close for for most of the game. Yeah. And then in the other marquee matchups, Fort Calhoun taking on Omaha Concordia, and then a big rivalry Milford and Malcolm a lot on the line it's always fun to to see these rivalry matchups you know obviously you get the geography based sub districts has its downsides as you said but on the other hand rivalry matchup with a a trip to the district finals on the line is a whole lot of fun for both teams and I, I look at that Fort Calhoun Concordia matchup too and I'm thinking it's it's a shame if if Fort Calhoun loses that and they miss out on the district finals because they're having one of the best years in, in school history, really talented, uh, the Schwarz brothers leading the way. And they had to battle against D.C. West, another really good team from the Omaha metro area. You know, just just goes to show how difficult a sub-district can be when you get a few of those teams all having good years grouped together. And then in C2, you have the four seed in the sub-district, Elmwood Murdoch, upsets Omaha Christian, who is the top seed, 49-42. They will play Palmyra. And then you have number nine ranked Amherst beats number six, Donovan Trumbull, which is a big upset because Donovan Trumbull, very quality team. They'll play GICC, though. Up, uh, they're all the way up there in the rankings. Yeah, and Amherst, they've really had a, a great season, too. I think probably not played as difficult of a schedule as Donovan, which is kind of interesting you know pull off an upset against a team that's really been tested quite a few times against some of the best c2 opposition so really interested to see how they continue to improve and and make it forward one of those just brutal sub districts amherst gicc and donovan trumbull all there together all three will make 
the district finals regardless of the result. But definitely, you know, that, that Elmwood Murdoch number four upset win knocks Omaha Christian out, season's over. I mean, just yeah. brutal when you when you get that district host, you think you're looking pretty good. You know, sometimes you might perhaps look past that opening round game, which is, of course, the challenge. You know, Palmyra then as their opponent, they're right on the edge. They really need to win this one to make it to the district final as well. So if you get that that four seed in the district final, that is just a fun story, a great, great experience for the whole team. And a dangerous team because they are playing with nothing to lose. For sure. So great discussions, gentlemen, and we are just getting started here on the Prep Extra podcast. We'll take a break. And when we come back, we are breaking down the Class A districts in both A and both A and boys and girls and some hot takes as we head into district play. All that and more coming up on the Prep Extra podcast presented by the Lincoln Journal Star. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Prep Extra Podcast brought to you by the Lincoln Journal Star, Jeff Ekstrom, Luke Mullen, and Clark Grell all in studio. And it is time to break down the Class A districts. We're going to start in Class A on the girls' side. Top seed, Millard South. They're undefeated. They win the top team all year long. And it seems like they have a great opportunity to steamroll through their district. Grand Island, Omaha South on Thursday. And that the winner of that game will take on Millard South. And then the winner of that will take on the winner of Papio South and North Platte. Yeah, and Millard South, um, they, they've kind of, yeah, like you said, they've kind of been rolling through people. Um, you know, the only, they're the only unbeaten team in Class A. What's, what's impressive about them in terms of the districts here is that they've won 49 straight home games. So you're not going to beat them. They're tough to beat at home. So you, you, you match that and, or you, you factor that in. They're, you know, they're, they're going to be, it, it, it's going to take a massive upset to, um, to to um to to trip them up here in, in, over the next couple of days. So um you know that, that yeah they they're playing extremely well. Um, Chloe Lemon, uh, Cora Olson, and and Maya Babbitt lead the way. But they also have some other kids that can really you know um, do other things. I mean they have a couple kids that that can shoot as well, play really good defense. Um yeah they 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 they're kind of the total package for sure. And in the second district in A2, Taylor McCabe, Iowa Commit, leading the Fremont Tigers to that, and they will take on the winner of Omaha North and Lincoln North Star. That game is on Thursday. Uh, and then the winner of that will take on Gretna and Carney, the winner of that game. Sorry, it was a little confusing, but Gretna, Gretna, Carney, winner taking on most likely Fremont. Yeah, and Fremont, uh, Carney gave Fremont a good run a couple weeks ago, so that will be interesting. But I think that Fremont Carney game is actually, or I'm sorry, the Gretna Carney game is one of the more evenly matched uh, two three games. And, and, I mean, those are those two teams really mirror each other and just kind of how they look. So um, I, I I couldn't tell you who's going to win that one, but uh, uh, yeah, Fremont will pro- it will be likely Fremont against one of those two, and obviously Fremont just um, they've played well since that loss to Lincoln High. And speaking of the Lynx, they host their own district. They're the third overall seed, and they will host Omaha Burke, who's 5-17. and 17. Lincoln High is 19-2. and two. And then that winner of that game will take on the winner of Omaha Westside, who's 11-9, and nine, and Lincoln Northeast, who's 14-8. And and I mean, even for 
the third district, that's a pretty good other side of that matchup. Yeah, West Side, West Side, that's not an easy game for Northeast. Northeast is hosting that one, but that that's going to be a tough game for them. Uh, West Side's kind of limping to the finish here a little bit, but they they got some talented young players. Um, you know, and if it is Lincoln High and Northeast, um, that is one of the more intriguing matchups for multiple reasons. I mean, mainly because they're rivals, and and a lot of those girls play together a lot in the in the off season on club teams and in summer league stuff. And so, um, and I mean, I know it's cliche to say this. You know, they say you know rivalry games so the records out, but that that's a that is that is always a matchup, especially on the girls' side. Northeast Lincoln High, where you can truly throw out the records, and then obviously, um, you know, Dominique Kelly and then Charity from Northeast were f- teammates at Northeast. So, uh, it, it, some interesting storylines. If indeed oh. it's the Links and Rockets, and then kind of round out that kind of top four in the fourth district is Omaha Central. They will host Elkhorn North South on Saturday, and then they'll play the winner of Omaha Benson at Millard West. And Millard West is interesting. They beat Benson not that long ago. Um, and then they also beat Miller North, who is a two seed, I believe, but they're a pretty quality two seed. So, again, Millard West that won't be an easy opponent if it ends up being the Wildcats and the Eagles. Yeah, and Millard West, uh, yeah, they beat North Miller North a couple weeks ago by a couple points. Um, um, they, they are rolling now too. I mean, I think they, I think um, I wrote something today where Millard West has won thirteen of fifteen. I think um, you know one of the things one they had a really really tough schedule at the beginning of the year. And then they also had to work in some young players. They got the, the, the Gesser twins, who are freshmen, who both have off, um, I believe, both have offers from Omaha already. Um, it, it just took it took some time for those younger players to mesh and get get in the flow and things. And now you're starting to see it pay off. And and that is um, it, two different styles. I think Central. I, I I feel like Central might be a little too too much firepower for Miller West to overcome if it if it is those two teams, but. Um, it, two totally different styles. I think if Millard West can slow down the game and 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 um, a little bit, that they'll definitely have a chance. But uh, yeah, I mean that's a that's a that's a dangerous two seed for sure. And then it's in the fifth district that we start to turn things into it, the two seeds are really yeah. really good, a lot of depth. And in that fifth district, Lincoln Southwest is the one seed. They will host Norfolk, and then they will face the winner of Lincoln Southeast at Lincoln East one. Southeast East, that's a rivalry right there. Yep. And two, East has beaten plenty of quality opponents over the course of the season. And Luke, we, we've talked about before too, Lincoln East is one of those teams that on a given day, they could beat anyone in the state. Yeah, and they had Southwest on the ropes uh, a couple weekends ago. They were uh, that, that, that was a double overtime game won by Southwest. East was up by five. And then Southwest answers with a couple threes to send it into a double overtime and prevail. So yeah, that... That was such a close back and forth game that um, you know you, we could see the same thing again. They beat Lincoln High, one of their two losses of the year, and then add in the fact they beat both Pius X and Bellevue West, who are going to possibly battle out in that sixth, seventh district. Yep. So, yeah, quality wins around the board for Lincoln East. Then you go on to the sixth district. Lincoln Pius X is the one seed. They will host Papillion La Vista, and then they will take on the winner of Omaha Marion and Bellevue West. And uh, I believe, Luke, you're at that game too, but both of your perspectives on that. But that's another possible rematch between Bell West and Pius X. Yeah, um, that was a kind of like the Southwest East game. This, I think, I believe that was a double overtime game. Now, this one was way back in December. A lot has yeah. happened since then. Pius is... 
Um, Pius at that time was working in a lot of new pieces, trying to figure out what they wanted to do on offense, trying to figure out who's going to take the big shot when we need them to take the big shot. Um, so they, they've kind of molded into a different team, I think, since then. And Bellevue West um, had a little more experience than Pius at that time. They got one of the better players in the state in Taryn Wharton, Northern Iowa recruit. Um, yeah, if it is those two. Now, both teams have tough first-round games. I mean, I, I wouldn't, you know, Marion's going to push Bellevue West, I think. And But if it is Pius and Bellevue West, I, that's definitely one of the top. That's a toss-up game. Yeah. And then to round things out in A7, Bellevue East, the one seed, hosting Omaha Northwest. Northwest is only 8-14, decent for a four seed. And then it will be Columbus is at Miller North. And, I mean, Miller North 17-6, and six, they're two seed. Yep, it's pretty crazy. I, I, I got them ranked fifth, so that gives you kind of an idea <laughs> what, like uh, how tough that how tough that uh, bracket is. And Bellevue East is is you know I, at one point they were four fifth in the state too. So both teams have, at certain points have been have, have had really good stretches of the season. I I think um, that is a rematch. Bellevue East won the regular season game by twelve, um, but. You know, again, that's going to be a toss-up. Bellevue East, interesting um, matchup in the terms that Bellevue East, really, really good offensively. Um, you know, Jensen's a really nice player. Scoff's a really nice player. They can they can score, go off for 20-plus points a night. And then you got a Miller North team who long, plays great defense, will, will, will grind it out with you if they have to. They, they run this 1-3-1 where they put – you know, a six foot, six one kid at the top to kind of disrupt things. Um, they gave up 65 in the first meeting. I, I can't imagine Coach Paulson was thrilled with that. So I, I, I think they'll they'll try to, you know, slow it down a little more. But uh, definitely one of the um, more intriguing matchups. As, as, and usually A7 is, you yeah. know, because it's, it's, the, it's the seven and eight seed, yeah. you know, in those brackets. It's giving me a very good district side on class a and the girls i mean a lot of depth right there similar thing with the boys let's break that down a1 miller north grabs uh the top seed after winning the state title last season they will play the winner of omaha burke at bellevue east uh and then the winner of that game will take on the winner of carney at omaha north and look i mean omaha north is they've been on a roll as of late yeah and Really, I think they had a ton of momentum going into the last week of the regular season and three straight losses to, to go into it. Grand Island, Elkhorn South, and Millard South, all kind of at that same level, really, as as Kearney. I think three teams that give you a really good preview. But what I like about Omaha North is they've been really competitive yeah. in a lot of top 10 games. They have two wins over Gretna this year, which is really interesting. When you see Gretna beat Westside, Miller North and Bellevue yeah. West, when you see him beat all the best teams in Class A, and then they haven't been able to to get the Vikings numbers quite interesting. But North also four point loss to Omaha Central, four point loss to Millard West, and four point loss to Papio South. Three really good Class A teams. You know when you get that that Metro Conference schedule, obviously you're you're a better team because of it. And when they're on their day, you know looking at their schedule, they've had a lot of 60, 70 point games. Their losses, you know, tend to score more 40 or, or 50 point range. So just depends if if their offense can show up. But that's a dangerous team to be sure. Yeah, and I mean they have lost their last three, so a little 
little bit of a losing streak, but uh, certainly be a good one between them and Kearney. In A2, Bellevue West does grab the second seed. They will play the winner of Norfolk and Lincoln High. And on the other side of that bracket is Millard South at North Platte. Yeah, I'll do respect to, to Millard South and, and North Platte and everybody in that sub, but I don't think anybody's touching Bell West. No. <laughs> I mean, just the depth of this team, spoken about it a couple times, but they have their starting five, and then their backup starting five is a whole starting five in of itself, yeah. uh, which is pretty crazy. You know, dropping two games over the regular season, I think, you know, pretty solid right up there with the lines of uh, Miller North and West Side in terms of consistency, so can't say that they've been too incredibly inconsistent over the course of the year but Millard South got to see them play Northeast and really like them too that's a very athletic team Lance Rucker in the post Gage Stanger Nebraska football commit kind of that point guard distributor role just like he was as a quarterback there in in the fall so a very tough Millard South team too I think they should be able to to put things together you know North Platte has some good athletes too so I think they'll be able to to give Bell West a good first half, but usually what happens with the Thunderbirds over four quarters, it's just impossible yeah. to match that intensity. Someone who could match that intensity, in, intensity will have to wait till the state tournament, is Omaha Westside, who just lost their first game of the year to Gretna. They will host the district as the third overall seed. They will play the winner of Omaha Northwest and Columbus. And on the other side of that is Mill West and Lincoln East. Look, Lincoln East is interesting because they can sure fire off if they can, if they want to. And if they do, they could give West Side a challenge. Oh, for sure. And, you know, Clark mentioned how difficult of a schedule the Millard West girls had. Well, obviously the boys played the same schedule, and it was just as tough. So, you know, you look at that 10-12 and 12 record, and you might think, oh, you know, East is 13-8. and 8. You know, they should win that. But, man, Millard West has some great athletes, Avery Moore. I think one of the best point guards there in Class A does a great job getting that offense rolling. And for East, the challenge is all season has just been, can they get the consistent post defense to go along with kind of their transition game, uh, their their guards just running the show? Not a whole ton of height on that team. Uh, got a couple guys there, 6'5 or 6'6, who, who do a great job, you know, going up on the boards against some taller opponents. And they'll have to deal with that against Millard West. Definitely if they make it against Westside, too. Uh, I think that matchup leans a little bit more in their favor in terms of, you know, maybe the height difference there because Westside loves to run. You know, East will, East will definitely run with teams too. Carter Templemeyer has been a, a great, you know, 20-point-a-game scorer all year long. They get Jared Townsley, Braden McPhail, Joe Marfisi. If all those guys are on, they're shooting three-pointers. That's definitely an East team that can score 60-70 a game. And in the A4 district, Omaha Central is the one seed there. They will host Omaha Benson, and they will take on the winner of Papillion, La Vista, and Elkhorn South. And I mean, Elkhorn South's 14-8. and eight. They've had some good games this year against quality opponents. A very solid team. Yeah, I think I have them ranked number eight, so it's a pretty tough draw yeah. to get put there as the second seed in that fourth district. And definitely for Central, you can't discount that, that final will be head coach Eric Barron's final home game yep. there. Uh, I'm sure it'll be a, a big crowd there to, to watch that game and cheer them on. Rematch, they played all the way back on December 10th, 50-48 Central win over Elkhorn South. So that would be a really interesting oh. final to be sure. And for Elkhorn South, I think it's it's really tough. As you mentioned, they had a great year. Really, they you know, they got to win this one to, to yep. keep it going. But, I mean, they picked up a lot of great wins over the course of the year. 
uh, beat Northeast is is probably the most notable. Just weren't able to get kind of those top ten wins that would really boost them in the wild card points. Then in A5, it is Gretna, Cinderella of this season. They will host Fremont in the first round and play the winner of Omaha South and Lincoln Southwest. And that's the fit. That's A5, and they could be potentially seeing Southwest, who was in that. Did you have them in top five over the course of the season at all? No. Okay, just top yeah. ten. But regardless, the top ten team that could you possibly face in the district final. Oh, for sure. And I think Gretna will be obviously – you know, picking up the momentum over the last couple of weeks. But if you look back to the regular season, played overtime games against both Omaha South and Lincoln Southwest. And South, that was the first game of the year. So, you know, early December was a long time ago. They were on the road at Southwest, too, for that road game. So, you know, two factors that, you know, you kind of consider that Gretna has to be, you know, a little bit stronger, a little bit more poised at this point in the year. But that's a great South team, has some great guards who can really shoot the ball on any given night. Actually played them a second time in the Metro Conference Tournament. One-point game against Omaha South, another Gretna win there. So I think whichever matchup they get, you know, that's a team that they've seen, they've had a great battle with. And what I like about Southwest, too, is they've played pretty much every top 10 opponent so close. They've just been, you know, a, a few moments, you mm-hmm. know, minutes, consistent play away uh, from being that top 10 team, as you mentioned. So if they get it going, they have a big game. You never know they're against Gretna. Then in A6, Creighton Prep hosts that district, and they will play Omaha Bryan in the first round. And then on the other side is Grand Island and my guys, Lincoln Northeast. It's a pretty, pretty brutal, I think, district in yeah. general when you consider. I mean, Bryan has some some good pieces. Obviously, they, they play a difficult schedule and they, they picked up wins where they could, but I think a lot better than a six-win team would indicate. And obviously you have pretty much the the best player in Class A, Isaac Trout, there with GI uh, playing Northeast. And they took it to Northeast, a really low-scoring game a couple weeks ago, and that was that was a tough one for, for Northeast to drop, you know, heading into this district slate. And especially, you know, Northeast started off 11-0, and I believe, and once the schedule got tougher, you know, it started to – settle out a little bit I think more at their level but that's a team that has a bunch of seniors really poised I think one of the best groups they've had in a while so they're going to be really motivated into this one and prep you know exactly where they want to be where they've been pretty much every season hosting that district but down at a6 you know it's kind of a danger zone where you can't really say oh you know if we lose we'll probably be fine it's it's really pressure scenario because anybody drops above you and your season could be over yeah that's a very real possibility and then a7 always entertaining every year lincoln north star takes on papio south who's the host there and the other side is lincoln southeast and lincoln pious and i mean man if it ends up being pious they're on a roll they've adjusted well since that since they've been inconsistent at the beginning of the year they've adjusted well they're 16-7 and they're pretty quality team for sure and i you know really looking at this entire district i you know, I like aspects of all four of those teams. It's just a question of, you know, who's going to show up and in what manner there in the districts. North Star, a team with a lot of athleticism, a lot of size. They're not t- they're not easy. Yeah, and, you know, they, they played a lot of really close games. Some of those top 10 games, you know, get away from them, which I think, you know, leads to the 9-14 and 14 record. But, you know, against teams kind of at their level, they've done a great job 
Papio South, just a, a really talented team. Daniel Brocal, I think one of the best scoring guards, yeah. all-around players there in Class A. He's a senior. I think he'll be very eager to lead the Titans to the state tournament there. But if they do match up with Pius, that's a really interesting matchup because two very different styles. Obviously, Pius has a ton of size. They're with the Haas Striders and Brady Christensen. Uh, you know, they do a lot of inside-out play. And Pius, you know, right now that number eight team, I think it could, you know, still shake out that way. Obviously, these district games factor into the wild card points too, so it's it's difficult to say for sure that they'll be, you know, number eight when it all shakes out. But obviously, no guarantees that you make state. No guarantees that all seven, you know, hosts win. But right now, they are in that spot where they could get in as that final wild card. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, we just broke down all the districts in Class A on both boys and girls, but I don't think we can finish the show out without some hot takes. We'll have some hot takes for state tournament time, but for district time, let's do them. I'll start with mine. I got to stay loyal to my guys. I got to stay loyal to the Rockets. Lincoln Northeast gets revenge on Creighton Prep, and as a result, some other factors, another hot take. We'll talk about that just soon. Blue Jays miss state for the first time since 2014. Hot enough? That's a hot take, but I'll say this. I, I, I was at that Northeast Creighton Prep game a couple weeks ago at Northeast, and it was it was tied at 51, I want to say, with like two, three minutes to go. So the Rockets were with them. Yeah. I believe it was 58-53 or 59-53? Uh, yeah, it was like 58-53, something yeah. like that. But uh, Northeast hung with them, came back, tied the game, and then, and then Creighton Prep made a, a, a run to end the game. But, yeah, it, it was definitely close. The only thing I'm nervous of is that hostile environment of Creighton Prep. Yep. Because they're on the road, and it's always one of the tougher places to play. But I'm sticking with them. Northeast beats Prep, gets to state, and as a result, Creighton Prep misses state for the first time since 2014 because of Luke's hot take. You're up. Yeah, I'm going to look at that Gretna Southwest matchup. And, you know, it. I got to put a lot of certainty in this hot take, and I'm you know, I'm going to take a step back and be like, oh, you know, I don't know <laughs> if it'll happen for sure, but that Gretna team has been a little inconsistent. Yep. I mean, they've been just great over the last couple of weeks. I'm not not going to discount any of those huge wins, but that Southwest team, to me, is like there's a potential that they lose by 20 or that they just put everything together, play one of their best games of the year, and pick up that huge win. And particularly, I think this team is going to play for their senior leader, Ben Hunziker, He's been been a three-year varsity starter, really been that guy all year pushing the team. Junior guard Ryland Smith and him are really close friends. And Southwest just has a ton of guys off the bench you can just rotate in. They all have their moments. You know, Chuck Love, Bon Baum, uh, Jameson Falk, Grant Melock, all these different guys. You know, I've seen them go off for, you know, eight points in a quarter at times. But every time I watch Southwest, it's just like they have one bad quarter that always hurts them. And if there's ever a time where you need four good quarters, it's in that district game. I think they, you know, they they've had the potential all year to to score seventy, you know, have a have a really big upset win. Saw them push Miller North all the way there to a last second finish too. So I'm going to say that Southwest picks up the upset win, but Dragon still makes state as that wild card team. And that's why Prep misses state. So I'm going. I, I like Luke's hot take, so I'll take that. And so now yours, yours is a double hot take. Though. Yeah, I so guess. You, yeah, so <laughs> I agree with Luke's, and so mine can happen too. So, Clark, to finish this out, um, you know, I'm gonna say I, I think we're gonna see at least two, um, two seeds win on the girls' side, and I think 
you know, um, I think one to watch out for, <laughs> um, I'll, I'll, or I'll say it, I, I think Lincoln East gets by Southeast, and then I think they beat Southwest mm. um, to grab that um, that, a, I, that A5. Um, they're playing really well right now, and they, they, they match, as they showed in the matchup a couple weeks ago, they, 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 just, they match up really well with Southwest they uh, defensively and then uh, Maddie Campbell point guard for East had a huge game in that game and and you know if, if she gets going again uh, that that's going to be tough I, I I so I'm gonna I'm Dennis Pritchard awesome job coaching mm-hmm. the girls this year he does it every year doing it again this year I, I think the Spartans punch a ticket to state there you go there's all your hot takes and we had some good ones here today jam-packed episode here on the prep extra podcast Thank you so much, Clark, for joining us. Hopefully, yeah, we can hopefully we can get you back in here for state tournament preview next week. I, I hope so. But thanks for having me. It was fun. That's right. Awesome time here on the Prep Extra Podcast, Luke. Any final words before we head off? Just excited. I mean, this week of of basketball is is pretty much as jam packed as it gets. Obviously, we've we've had a few teams whose seasons are over, but really things get flying with these eliminations. Um, you know, start crunching the points for for Class A that final spot. Looking forward to district finals, both boys and girls. Always just fantastic to you know see teams clinch that spot to state at at their home court or even pick up a, a big road upset win. Definitely some of those those top tier moments. Just you know the the joy of making it to state I think is is almost even better than than getting there. So that district final is always always special to watch. And to keep up on all district finals and sub-district action, make sure to head to journalstar.com from our sports staff, whether that be features, gamers, recaps, quick hitters, whatever you need to keep up on high school basketball action, make sure to go to journalstar.com. And also make sure to follow Prep Extra at Prep Extra on Twitter, as well as our personals at LMullen7, at LGS Sports Grell, and at X on Sports. This has been another edition of the Prep Extra Podcast. From Luke Mullen, Clark Grell, I've been your host, Jeff Ekstrom. Thank you so much for listening. Don't go away. We'll be right back next. We'll be back next week for state tournament preview. But until then, enjoy some district basketball.